Hello and welcome to the 58 West King Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tony. That is Matt. Today we're going over our top 12 wide receivers for the upcoming season. Before we get into that, Matt, how are we doing? I'm good. How are you doing, Tony? I'm good. We we just wrapped up our 58 West King, our home league draft, and I'm kind of room temperature on it. I'm room temperature right now. Boy, did we. Yeah, I hate my team, which means it's going to finish top three, possibly win a, champ, win a chip, because... There's anything I've learned in the many years I've played fantasy football is the more you love your team on draft day, the less chance it is to yeah. succeed in the fantasy season. So, it's fact. And uh, Jason, our uh, three-time champion, he went zero RB for the most part. Maybe it was like hero RB. I think he went a running back in the first or second, and then didn't draft one for like the next eight rounds. So I'm kind of concerned. He's got a lot of wide receivers, a lot of depth at that position, and I think he snagged a decent uh, quarterback and tight end duo. Yeah, he's got Kelsey. I faced him week week one. So he has Kelsey. He also has Daryl Henderson as his RB2. So we'll see what happens. We'll yeah. see what happens. He gets one or two of those uh, handcuffs to, to hit. I think we're in trouble. Anyways, every year going into the season, we put together player rankings. We continue that tradition this year. And we're on to the wide receiver position today. We did the quarterbacks with Terrence on the last one. We've got the top 12 wide receivers. And we'll start with our 12th ranked receiver, A.J. Brown. He finished 2021 as the wide receiver 32 in just 13 games. Uh, Matt, he was traded this offseason to the Eagles, your Eagles, where he's catching passes from Jalen Hurts this season. You had him at eight. You were very high on him. Maybe a little bias there. I don't know. I had him at 13. What do you got? I think 12 is about right. I think uh, I think eight was a little ambitious. Um, I think initially when I did these rankings, the, the trade was fresh in my mind, and I I think the Eagles as a whole will benefit more from this move than A.J. Brown will statistically. That being said, um, he's moving to a fun offense. He's going to play in a weak division. Um, quarterback Jalen Hurts obviously looked like he was starved for a first for a number one option. If injuries injuries aside, and again, I don't want to predict injuries, with injuries aside, A.J. Brown is a dominant force. Um, with the ball in his hands, and he can, he can take 10-yard slants to the house. And yep. you know, Hurts is pretty good at hitting the 10-yard slant. Um, Hertz is also pretty good at scrambling around and giving his receivers a chance to get open, which I think AJ Brown will do. So I am high, high upside. I think there's a lot of touchdown potential for him. Yeah. I don't hate where you have him. I can see it, but I do see more target competition on this team versus what he had in Tennessee. I'm not that far off though, right? I'm at 13, just outside the wide receiver one group. All right, moving on to our number 11 wide receiver. That's Michael Pittman. He finished 2021 as the wide receiver 17 with Carson Wentz as his quarterback. He gets an upgrade. We've mentioned it a half a dozen times in Matt Ryan. You've got him at 16. I have him a little bit higher at 10. What you got? I'm still a little concerned about his, the route tree. Um, in theory, he can do everything, but I think they've got a couple. I think Alec Pierce, the rookie, fits in as a big body wide receiver that might take some of that red zone work from him. Um, they still have Jonathan Taylor. No matter what Frank Reich says, I think their best chance of victory is to to run Jonathan Taylor behind that offensive line and really dominate on the ground. The defense is good, plays zone, but can, you know, playoff zone's terrible, but during the regular season, more often than not, it keeps games close. So it doesn't allow the big play and that, and that, and that helps. So I don't think the need in the past games to be there. I like Michael Pittman. I think he's an exciting player. I think Matt Ryan, you know, I took a step back the other day and I was like, you know what? What if Matt Ryan isn't that much of an upgrade over Carson Wentz? I mean, everybody's touting him as this huge upgrade. I'm not saying Carson Wentz was good. 
by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> He's not, trust me, <laughs> I know. But Matt Ryan hasn't really been that good either for a couple of years. And I know a lot of that's to do with the lack of talent on Atlanta. And so we're, you know, we're assuming he's going to step in and create this huge increase of production out of the wide receiver group. And I, I'm not quite there yet. I have to see it first, but I still like him. I just don't like him as, you know, a wide receiver one, essentially. Yeah. This is tough for me because Pittman's uh he played college ball at USC. So resident UCLA fan here, but Matt Ryan feeds his wide receiver one. He always has. Last year, Ridley went down early, but Pitts took over as a number one and ended up with 110 targets in his rookie campaign. 2020, Ridley had 143 targets. Julio missed some time that year. In 2019, Julio received 145 targets, 170 in 2018 for Julio. So my bullish case is that Pittman is the clear number one there, and he has little target competition. I do like Alec Pierce, but uh, Matt Ryan is prone to just funneling everything to mostly one guy, and that's kind of what I project in 2022 for the Colts. Moving on to our number 10 receiver, we have T. Higgins. He finished last year as the wide receiver 24. Tremendous target competition with Chase and Boyd. He got 110 targets though last year. Do you see more of a repeat this year versus where we have it? I'm at 12. Uh, I believe you had him outside your top 20. I'm not high on T. Higgins. I just picked him up 50 at West King. Not stoked about it. I'm banking on, I'm kind of hedging my bets on T. Higgins and 50 at West King. I don't have him anywhere else. I thought, why not? There is a world where uh, Jamar Chase regresses to just a normal wide receiver one who doesn't have what was it like 10 40 yard plus touchdowns whatever the whatever the crazy number was that he had last year yeah there's a chance that defenses focus more of their attention on jamar chase than they did last year i don't know how defense didn't figure that out maybe it doesn't matter but the talent is there right i mean we saw t higgins the year before they drafted jamar chase and it sucked because burrow went down with injury that season so it limited the possible explosion that t higgins could have had but In those games that Burrow was on the field and T. Higgins was playing, because he was a rookie that year, this is his third year, he's still a young Mm -hmm. receiver growing, Um, he was very, he he put up good production, put up good numbers in those games, had good targets. So I just, I'm seeing the Jamar Chase targets coming down and most of those going to T. Higgins. So I think there could be more for T. Higgins. But again, I'm outside the top 20 with him. I see him as a wide receiver too. I think I have him at 23 or 24. I think think that's where he is. I think he's a wide receiver too. Um, But we have him high here because of, I'm assuming other people that aren't on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So maybe I should stop defending him. And I don't think he's going to finish in the top 12. In fact, if T Higgins finishes in the top 12, along with Jamar Chase, then the Bengals are going to vast outperform my expectations for them this year. And I, I expect them to be a more balanced team and I expect them to put up a lot less points. So you make a compelling case for T Higgins. <laughs> I'd make a compelling case for both sides of T Higgins. Don't yeah. draft him, draft him. Um, I, he was outside my top 20. I don't That's fair. I could see the other side of it, but. Yeah, he's up here because of Kendall. Kendall has T Higgins at number seven. So Matt is what? very, very high on him. Yeah, I just, I had to double check that. Uh, I, I think the division is going to see increased competition with Baltimore. Healthy, right? They were super injured last year. I think they either led the league or they were second in 2021 with starters missing games. Uh, I don't have that stat in front of me. Cleveland, right? They're going to have Deshaun Watson under center at some point, but they should still be a pretty solid team with that run game and Kevin Stefanski still around. And then obviously Pittsburgh, um, they're going to compete. Also, they have games against the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bucks. So hoping for more passing volume uh, from the team there, just consistently. Moving on to our number nine receiver, we have Mike Evans, the wide receiver nine last year. We're both close. You have him at 11. I have him at seven. What do you got? Injuries, a little bit. Hamstring is hamstringing him here towards the end of preseason. Nice. So <laughs> that's a little difficult. They bring in Julio, Russell Gage, the Tom Brady, the offensive line. There's a lot of... There's lots of like because Mike Evans is 
it's dependable, right? It's the mail. Even when there's an apocalypse, you have Kevin Costner delivering mail. Like <laughs> Mike Evans is the postman. Um, he delivers consistently. Was it seven straight 1,000 yard seasons? Is it eight straight 1,000 yard seasons? It's either seven or eight straight 1,000 yard seasons since he entered the NFL. He has not missed one. Even injuries tend to slow him down. They don't stop him. So that's a minimal argument there. But my concerns about Evans are this. The offensive line is not great. Mike Evans isn't the guy that you check down to. He's a guy that gets open down the field or has a more developed route tree. And Brady's going to be under pressure. Brady went to the Bahamas and contemplated a second retirement in the same season. Uh, he wasn't on a mass singer. He was in the Bahamas thinking about whether or not he really wanted to play behind this offensive line because he almost retired, came back, tried to play for the Dolphins or be a GM for the Dolphins. I don't, we're not sure. Player owner. We're not sure. 100%. We're not sure what the hell that is, but then he came back. It's a moderate amount of collusion. Yeah. It only affected the Dolphins. So I'm completely okay with that because of the brand floors debacle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the vibes around the Bucks aren't good. And so with Godwin is technically healthy and it'll take a while for him to come back from the injury, but there's Gage, there's Julio. I don't know. I still have him. Like I said, 11, but I just, I think there's a really, there's a ceiling on that. You, there's definitely a cap on his production this year. Did he go to the Bahamas or did he get some plastic surgery? There's, there's I think that's still up in the air. They do that in the Bahamas. I don't know if you're aware. Oh, I'm pretty sure okay. that, uh, so they have the good stuff, the good Botox. Gotcha. Yeah, the, the good Botox that is too good for the United States. We're not ready for it. We're not ready. Uh, I would have gone much higher had Julio not signed there recently and then uh, Chris Godwin. But here we are. Uh, I believe he'll get his share of work between the 20s. But what I'm banking on is his work in the red zone. So red zone targets last year, 18, which was good for 17th. Red zone targets, 2020, 21, which is good for 11th. And then the year before that in 2019, he had 17. So hoping for high touchdown numbers on an offense that should spend a lot of time down in the end zone. Moving on to our number eight receiver, we have Debo Samuel. Last year's wide receiver three, three, probably safe to assume. Uh, we're all predicting a little bit of regression here with a new quarterback in Lance. Maybe uh, the pendulum is swinging back down in terms of efficiency, but you have him at nine. I have him at eight. What do you got? I kind of want to be lower. I want to be honest with you. Yeah, um, me too. But he's a nine. He was a three last year. Look, the rushing is not going to happen. The amount of attempts and touchdowns he had, I don't think they're going to be there. I think Ayuk's going to come on this year um, with Trey Lance under center as opposed to Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that connection is going to eat into a lot of his production. And Kittle's Kittle. Kittle's going to Kittle. I think that offense is an, as a whole is going to be less efficient. Um, I think there's going to be days where like, holy shit, they just threw up 52 points. <laughs> Probably week one on the Chicago Bears. And then, they're gonna, and then they're going to play good defenses and Lance is going to struggle. And then there's just that shadow of a Garoppolo sitting on the bench just Good, good. <laughs> when Trey Lance those picks, I don't know. I just, I think the whole contract situation, the incentives for rushing, I don't think are that high, high enough. But like the incentives are for him rushing. They're not for him. He doesn't call the play. I, there's just a lot of, I think he absolutely hit a ceiling last year. I think he's an exciting player, but I think he's ultimately a more exciting player in real life than he'll end up being for fantasy. Just because I don't think you can bank on that efficiency in the passing game. And I, and I don't think the two together equal the workload that other wide receivers are getting in this range. So. That's where I'm at. Agreed. And it's a team that was top five in running the ball last season. And with the inexperienced Trey Lance, uh, inexperienced at the NFL level, inexperienced at the college level, um, he's under center, right? So I've got San Fran playing it a bit safer this year, maybe running, if not at the same rate, a little bit higher, at least to start the season, just to get Trey Lance's legs under him, right? As uh, he kind of takes off in Kyle Shanahan's offense. 
Moving on to our number seven receiver, we've got Tyreek Hill. He was the wide receiver six last season, obviously traded to the Dolphins. We don't know anything about Mike McDaniel's ability to lead a team, to call a play, etc. We also don't know how Hill and Tua will pair in the regular season. So moving from Kansas City to Miami is a downgrade for sure, which is why I had him at nine, and then you have him a little bit higher at number five. I have him high. Real high. I have him really high. Um, here's the deal. Bet on talent. Be undeniable. And Tyreek Hill is talented. He's not just a fast receiver. He is fast. He's also good catching the ball. He's just got a knack for getting open. Jalen Waddle has missed almost the entirety of preseason. With Is he okay? I, I've heard nothing about him. Nothing about him. And the Dolphins have scored the most points out of any team. They've had the starters out there. Like Mike McDaniel, basically, you have teams like the Chargers and Eagles where they've had their starters play less than two quarters with the football, mm-hmm. and they're showing absolutely no cards. Mike McDaniel's like, Domino, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> EP- they have the highest um, EPA per play of any team in the preseason. And I think that's a confidence booster for the team. I think that's why he's doing it, and I kind of like it. I don't hate it. It might suck when defenses figure it out, but the talent's there. Tyreek Hill is so Tyreek Hill is not going to be running deep routes and getting bombs from homes. I don't think that he can't take a 15 yard slant to the house. Two is very accurate in the intermediate range, low to intermediate range. Two is very accurate outside the numbers, inside the numbers. As long the deep ball gets a little away from him, sure, but everything underneath that's fine. Tyreek Hill's a yak guy and he can be a yak guy if needed. And so I just, I think that that, I think that offense is exciting enough. I think there's enough other options to keep defenses busy. And I think Tyreek will just do Tyreek things, man. So I'm just, I'm betting on the talent. It's a little high, but I'm bullish on him. It's not like T. Higgins at seven or anything. I know. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Matt. At least Tyreek's the number one wide receiver for the Dolphins. Higgins is like the second option on that team. Come on, man. He's a Browns fan. He's just hoping if T. Higgins really ends up being the number seven wide receiver, the Brown, the Bengals don't have a good year. <laughs> Maybe that's what that's banking on, right? All right. Love what, love what you got there. Uh, moving on to our number six receiver, CD Lamb. He was the wide receiver 19 last season. Uh, we're close on him here. You're at seven. I'm at five, a couple of ticks higher. He has little to no target competition this season in Dallas. Uh, Michael Gallup is coming back eventually, right, from the ACL injury. But Amari Cooper is gone, and so is Cedric Wilson, who was uh, an important depth piece for Dallas. Where we have him, I think this would be a huge jump for CD. What you got? And I think that the industry as a whole is just assuming that jump because the target share is going to go up like crazy. And the talent's there, you know. I don't know if he can handle that workload over a whole season. I have some injury concerns about his body type and that kind of production. Also, there, there's a point where having absolutely no competition for targets also equals no, no like diverted attention from defenses. Yeah. Like there's a pretty simple game plan when you face the Cowboys now. It's like let's probably double team CD, and we can probably get pressure on Dak with four because that offensive line has fallen into disarray. I, I don't know. I, I have a lot of concerns. I still think the talent's there. It's not like I have him outside my top 10. I still have him high. I just, for me, there's a lot more questions than answers with Cowboys offense as a whole and specifically CD lamb. So. Yeah. You, you look at the Bengals. They have Jamar chase on one side, T Higgins on the other. You also have Tyler Boyd in there with the Cowboys. You literally just have CD lamb, maybe a little Dalton Schultz, but who else is out there? Noah Brown, Dalton Schultz can be covered by almost 80% of linebackers in the NFL. Exactly. And so Noah Brown is your other threat. And then you also have rookie Jalen Tolbert. And that's about it. They lost James Washington, right? So that's that's kind of my concern with it. I'll say this. I I have a rank seven, you said? I have a rank seven. I'm never drafting him. I'm not drafting him anywhere. He would have to fall to me in like the third round for me to get him. And he's going at the beginning of two. Yeah, I got him in the middle of two in our draft. There's something that like I heard a a podcast they finally talk about. 
And it was like guys that you have ranked higher than other guys that you'll never draft because they're still not where you want them. It's yeah. Like, and there's, we don't ever talk about that, but there's just, I'm more comfortable taking receiver 15 through 24 than I am eight through 15. Sometimes like, I don't know. It's weird. Our number five receiver, Devonte Adams. He was the wide receiver two overall last season, future hall of famer. Uh, you're spot on at three. I'm a little down on him this year, moving to Las Vegas at six. You know, Darren Waller's there, Hunter Renfro's there, and Josh McDaniels. I think he's still a question mark at head coach. I've got that factored in, but I do like the division. We've talked about this many times. Uh, we all agree there's going to be a lot of points scored. Adams is just going from the back-to-back reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers or Nick Cage to a slightly above-average quarterback in Derek Carr. That has to count for something, right? Yes, but I feel like the trust level, communication level between Carr, like they play college ball together, they're good friends, like... That fact, he's not Aaron Rodgers. I'm not up here trying to tell you that he's going to help Devontae Adams have the same productions. I don't think Devontae Adams is going to be anywhere near as efficient. I do think that the volume, they're, they're going to be in shootouts a lot. Like the Green Bay Packers weren't in shootouts as much as the Raiders are going to have to be to keep pace in that division. So mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm banking on, again, talent being undeniable. The guy's probably gift wise the best or second best wide receiver in the game. And, um, his defenses aren't going to be able to focus all their attention on him. So (laughs) maybe that connection that he had with Rogers sullies a bit, gets watered down a bit with Carr, but he has less coverage to worry about because of the other people that are on the field. I don't know. I'm just, I'm on Devontae Adams because I like Devontae Adams. Again, I don't have him anywhere, but I like him. Yeah. He's got the opposite problem. TD lamb, right? He has other receivers, passing options that take some of that defensive attention away from him. All right. Moving on to our number four receiver. We have Stefan Diggs. He was the wide receiver seven last year. We're both at four. Uh, anything we need to add? He's good. Bills are good. Josh Allen's good. He's good. Bills are good. He can run all the routes that he needs to run. Yeah. Josh Allen has uh, can get the ball to him. I I like him. I like. I think he's probably out of the top five wide receivers. I think four. He could end up at three, but I don't think he'd fall lower than six. I think he has like the lowest variance of where he ends up in the top yeah. ten versus a lot of the other guys on this list. That's where I'm at. I think towards the end of a draft, he's he's pretty much a sure thing. Did you take him in 50 at Whiskey? I sure did. There you go. I took him at uh, 1.12. So Okay, there you go. Yeah, that's about where I've seen him go. All right, moving on to our number three receiver. We have Jamar Chase, the wide receiver five last year. As a rookie, I'm at three where ECR is, but you're at six, Matt. Why? Why so low? Regression. Stat nerd. I'm not a stat nerd, but I, I listen to a lot of stat nerds, um, and I understand the concept of regression to the mean. One thing you can count on are that outliers don't remain outliers. His season last year was an outlier. A lot of explosive plays. Those explosive plays are very hard to replicate. Talked about it uh, in some of the you know, tips and tricks. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Don't go chasing explosive seasons. <laughs> yeah. And his season was just that. It was explosive. He led the league in, in touchdowns over 40 yards. Um, crazy big play. And I get that he has that connection with his quarterback. But again... That stuff is really hard to replicate. And I think the Bengals just overachieved last year. I see them coming down a peg. I I see T. Higgins coming on a little bit. You know, you can't I, I'd be interested to see where Kendall had Chase, honestly. Um, because I don't think you can be high on Higgins and also be super high on Chase. I think you still I think it's difficult um to do. So I'm again, I have been six. I think he's gonna be just just a fine wide receiver one, but it's three. He has him at three. Jesus. I feel like Matt's trying to honey himself. What is he trying to <laughs> reverse jinx the Bengals by ranking all their players so. super high? I like to see where Joe Mixon and Burrow ended up on his list as well. I think Chase is going to regress towards 
top six wide receiver as opposed to a top three wide receiver. Yeah, I'm on the opposite end. Uh, the Bengals last season only passed the ball 520 times. 520. And Burrow was sacked a league high 51 times during the regular season. I think that number was 70 if you stretch out or include the uh, postseason games. They improved the offensive line. They're top 10 this year going into the season per PFF. I believe they're number eight, number seven. And the schedule is a bit tougher. I will give you that. But in my eyes, those two things equate to a bump in those passing numbers. And I see Higgins and Chase uh, getting an increase in targets. And maybe maybe it's like an efficiency thing that, that you're saying. looking at. Yeah. Maybe he won't be as efficient. The volume will still be there. So maybe it'll wash out in the aggregate. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, if they get closer to 600, I mean, that's 80 more targets. So I know, but some of those sacks benefited Chase. And Joe Burrow takes a sack on second and five, then throws up a 40 yard touchdown on third and 17. Like, because there was no other play in the book. That only happened like seven, seven times. It's a ridiculous. Amount of times. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on to our second wide receiver, Justin Jefferson. He was the wide receiver four in 2021. You have him at one. I have him at two. It's a Kevin McConnell bump. What is that? What's, what's this contract here? It's a third year wide receiver who's balled out in his first two years. It's a, he has a clear wide receiver two on the team. Not someone who I think is going to try to come in and assert themselves as an alpha. I love Allen Robinson. I love Allen Robinson. That's why I'm not as high on Cooper Cup. I like mm-hmm. Cooper Cup. Don't get me wrong. But again, don't go chase waterfalls. Cooper Cup had the f- triple count last year. <laughs> he is going to regress for certain. There's no way he's going to put up that kind of production this year. Mm-hmm. I think Cooper Cup will have a good year, but all reports out of training camp are that Allen Robinson looks like fucking Blake Bortles, Allen Robinson. But the <laughs> difference good, is that's a good Matt Allen Stafford is going to be throwing him the ball. Given that Matt Stafford's elbow is okay, I just it's fine. I'm not down on Cup. I'm just high on Chase, and I think that Allen Robinson is going to come in, take some of Cup's thunder, take some of Cup's. Like I heard this guy talking earlier that he didn't know that Allen Robinson could come in and fill Odell Beckham's shoes, and I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he, he could come in and fill Odell Beckham Jr. shoes and Robert Wood's shoes. In my yeah. opinion, no problem. Allen Robinson is a very talented wide receiver who was obviously pissed off last year and is motivated to do well this year. I, I don't know. So I'm just I'm high on Justin Jefferson. And the fact that I got him in Taco Corp at the 1.06, oh, God. Chef's kiss. <laughs> you know how hard it was for me not to pull the trigger at 101? I wanted to. We start three wide receivers and two flex. Yeah, PPR full, you can start PPR. five wide receivers. I got him at six. It's crazy. I like Jefferson's prospects this year as well. The team is going from Mike Zimmer to O'Connell, uh, which should help elevate that passing attack. Kind of mentioned that. You have an aging Thielen. Right, is his competition. So it does feel like the sky is the limit for Jefferson this season. They just traded for Jalen Rager. So, you know, <laughs> you know, he was drafted higher than Justin Jefferson. So maybe he's going to cut into his time. <laughs> it's that's so funny. That's a good joke, Matt. I like, it, I like that joke. It's so funny, like being on Vikings and Eagles Twitter during that trade. Oh, yeah. And like they couldn't be farther from like all of the Eagles fans are like, we fucking got rid of them. Somebody gave us something for him. Hallelujah. What'd they trade for Rigger? Was... We got a seventh round 2023 pick and a fourth round 2024 wow. pick that could become a fifth round pick if he plays bad. So say Jalen Rigger sucks ass and has six receptions this year. Mm-hmm. We will get exactly the same for him that the Cowboys got for Amari Cooper, except for the ask. extra seventh round pick, which we then technically a couple days before, but still let's throw them all in together. The Eagles use that seventh round pick to trade for Chauncey Gardner Jones. So, you know, some, some teams in the NFC East make moves to make their teams better on the margins and more complete. Other teams are like, F- it. 
there's no way <laughs> our offensive line is going to get hurt again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he made it this far, Josh, suck it. He didn't. He never will. He won't. He won't. All right, moving on to our number one receiver, obviously, Cooper Cup. He was the wide receiver one in 2021. By nearly 100 fantasy points, Matt. You were at two, I was at one. What you got on Cup? I don't have anything. He He's phenomenal. Nothing's changing for him. He's great. Had a great season last year. I don't think he's going to replicate it. So I think even if he is one, I think it'll be much closer than it was. Um, wouldn't be surprised if he ended up as the wide receiver one, but I, I think he'll end up around two or three or four, five. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I do like Jefferson taking that leap and uh, moving him as the, the, the number one uh, for next season, because I don't know the last time a one repeated in the following year. Was it AB? Is that the last time we've had a guy? That was the repeated? only outlier was Antonio Brown. I've heard that a couple times. Awesome. Uh, so thanks for that. Uh, we do have the running backs coming up on the next one. Uh, before we move on, let's take a short break. Welcome back. Moving on now to some players that Matt has as sleepers for the upcoming season. So Matt, who are your top five sleepers going into the 2022 season? Any order, what you got? Any order, no particular order. These Some of these picks range from guys you can get in the 100 to 150 range. So we're talking... 10th to 15th round. Um, some guys that are going undrafted. There's a, one of these guys is not even drafted. I didn't draft him. I'm, I'm, he's on my uh, watch list. Um, so I'll start with the watch list guy. He's going outside the top 250, I think, currently. Amir Abdullah, running back for the Las Vegas Raiders. Kenyon Drake just exited town. Um, the only thing Kenyon Drake really had in that offense somewhat was a passing down role. He's gone. Samir White, a little bit more of a bruiser back can maybe do all three things, but more of a bruiser back. He more mirrors what Josh Jacobs does. Uh, they keep trying to tell us that Josh Jacobs can catch the ball. I haven't seen it. No one's ever seen it. Um, so <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. And um, Josh McDaniels is in town. That team, that offensive system, it might have put James White in the Hall of Fame. And I don't, talent-wise, I don't think James White belongs there. But did you know that James White holds the record for most receptions in the Super Bowl? I do now. 14. He had 14 receptions in one Super Bowl. That offense is, is if you can hit a big play, hit a big play, but minimize the risks, minimize turnovers. And if you got to hit an outlet for four yards, you'll, you'll, you'll bleed a team down the field until you can hit a big play. And I think Abdullah will fit in. He's talented. He's scatty. He usually stays healthy. He can catch the ball. I, I don't know. I feel like he had a bad round being with the Lions early on in his career on a bad team. I think he has a lot of upside. So, couple weeks put him on your watch list maybe uh pick him up off waivers before he blows up yeah i like that you can see the role uh just kind of transferring from new england to the las vegas raiders with josh mcdaniels and i think this guy gets a little bit of a bump in ppr leagues as well who's your second sleeper it's going to be weird to say this wide receiver out of the houston texans mm. not brandon cooks nico collins okay i like it He's a big guy. He's like 6'4", 220 pounds, big body. Currently, uh, PFF, he's going as wide receiver 63. I think he's 155 in ECR. Like He's outside the yeah. 150. He's off everyone's radar. He's the number two wide receiver in that team, a team that I imagine is going to have to throw the ball a lot. Like Yes, we can count on Brandon Cooks to be consistent, but like I think there's room in that offense for another producer. Um, some people have... The tight end, Brevin Jordan, tight end for that. I know he's a sleeper on a lot of people's, a lot of sharp guys. I, I just don't see it there. I, I get the ball downfield, and I think he had flashes last year, and I think he's big. He can catch the ball. Davis Mills is not afraid to throw it up, and I think that team's going to be playing from behind, so there's going to be a lot of production to go around. So 
I think Nico Collins could like easily become a wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside some weeks, depending on who they're playing. So that's another guy that's going way outside the numbers that I think is worth a shot. Yeah, especially if you're in a league that has three wide receivers and a flex or two, I think you absolutely can stash him on the bench. And if you know things start to break uh, kind of in the way you're explaining with Houston trailing early and often, I believe that is going to be the case in 2022. He's definitely a guy you can plug and play in your lineup. And if anything happens to Cooks, you got yourself you know, a wide receiver two, maybe wide receiver three going forward. All right, who's your number three? Tight end, Gerald Everett of the San Diego like Los this. Angeles Chargers. Um, he's, I think currently he's ECR 50 on fantasy pros. Uh, he's tight end, like 14, 15. A lot of times not going drafted, except if you play in a league with me, I'm drafting him as either my first or second tight end almost religiously. He's 20. How old do you think Gerald Everett is? He's young. Uh, he was young for the Rams. I believe he is 25. He's 25 years old. I think yeah, 25. I think he turns 26 this year. He's young. And like last year he had flashes where he was good. The problem was, was those were when Russell Wilson was healthy. When Geno Smith was healthy, he wasn't on the ball. Mm-hmm. That team was a mess when Russell Wilson wasn't in, so I can't throw anything in there. When he played on the Rams, he was young. Young tight ends usually don't blow up. That's just the way it works. Plus, Higby was there. He's young. He's talented. In previous seasons, last year, he ran a route on 74% of sna- uh, dropbacks, which is a great number for tight ends. That means he's not blocking. It means he's out there running routes, catching passes. And I want a piece of this offense, right? But I mean, I'm not willing to pull the trigger on Keenan Allen or Mike Williams where they're going because I think they're just going to eat into each other's time. It's going to be hard to guess which one's going to blow up in every game of the week. And I have concerns about Austin Eckler's durability. The next guy you can get is at the end of the draft, Gerald Everett, red zone threat. Let's go. I think he, I think he has a, I think he could end up being top five tight end. I think he has that potential in that offense. So I don't think he has much competition either at the tight end position. I think, uh, I think Jared Cook's out of town. He is. It's Donald Parham. I think it's just Donald Parham. I think that's it. So I, I like this one too. In every draft I've been in, uh, best ball or redraft, he's there. He's there at the end if you want to take him. If you if you want to wait or like Matt said, grab him as your second tight end. All right, who's your fourth guy? It's a rookie wide receiver. He's not even showing up in fantasy pros in the top 200. I think Yahoo had him at like 160, but uh, I think he went actually way earlier than that in 50 OS King draft. But Romeo Dobbs, uh, Green Bay Packers. Again, let's throw a dart at the Green Bay Packers receiving yeah. room and hope that you hit pay dirt. Because um, that's basically what Aaron Rodgers is going to be doing. He's going to be throwing darts at the wide receiver group and hoping that one of them catches the ball. Guys like Nate are super high on Alan Lazard. Yep. I don't see it. Alan Lazard's been there for, this is his fourth season now in Green Bay, and he hasn't produced thus far. Okay, let's say Devontae Adams took all of the attention and all of the targets. There's a reason for that. He took all the targets and attention because <laughs> Rodgers didn't feel comfortable throwing the ball elsewhere. Yeah. All of a sudden, that's going to change now because it has to? I don't know. Romeo Dobbs flashed in training camp. Yeah, there was some reports of some drop passes. Look, rookies are going to drop passes. It's going to happen, especially going up against that defensive group. That secondary is pretty good. So yeah, it's a great secondary stacked. to practice against. I just, that team's going to have to throw the ball. There are a lot of people's picks to win the NFC. And okay, cool. Let's say that Alan Zard is a top 12 wide receiver. Miraculously. You tell me Romeo Dobbs can't finish in as a top 24. Mm-hmm. I think it can happen. And where he's being drafted right now, he's a free pick. So agreed. People take him in every draft, so before I'm comfortable with it. Who's your last yeah. guy? Uh, last guy is a guy that I just took in the 58 West King draft, and that's Jahan Dotson. Dotson. Rookie wide receiver for the Washington Commanders. Look, I get that I just said the Washington Commanders. Carson Wentz. <laughs> They're still going to throw the ball. They're going to have to throw the ball quite a bit. They're going to be behind in a lot of games based on 
they're where they're favored in a lot of the matchups they have throughout the season. Schedule's tough. They're not going to be a great team. They are going to have to throw the ball. The competition, Scary Terry, he's going to get his, sure. Where are the passes going after that? And when I say he has, he's a sleeper, I think he could be a solid flex play for you week in and week out. And you're drafting him as a wide receiver five right now. The guy you're going to stash on your bench a couple weeks, you'll see his usage isn't there. You can cut him if you need to and pick up somebody else. But I think he's a perfect guy to get towards the end of drafts who could blow up. He was drafted at pick 15. Like, Commanders took him pretty high. I think he was the fourth wide receiver taken off the board in this year's draft. Like a lot of people didn't have him going that high. So I understand that there's some trepidation, but guys like Sky Moore going ahead of him, Romeo Dobbs going ahead of him. Guys were drafting the third, fourth, and fifth rounds of the of the draft this year. I don't know. I, I think John Dotson's gonna have a built-in role in that offense. And as bad as Washington could be, they're still gonna be able to support two wide receivers in the top 36. Like I, I see that easily happening. So yeah, I think there's definitely value there. And I think from everything we've seen in the preseason and in camp so far, he has looked pretty good with Carson Wentz. So don't hate it at all. I like all your picks. Those are good picks, Matt. Well Thanks. Done. Guys like George Pickens, I like, but they're not sleepers anymore. Everybody knows about George Pickens. No, he's Everybody knows about so Damian Pierce. Everybody knows about... I got George Pickens actually kind of late in our draft this evening, but um, I think I'm around... I think I got him at 105, 104, which is... I'll take it. Shortly after I took Sky Moore, you, you, you took him. Yep. I was going to take Sky Moore if you didn't take Sky Moore. Then you took him. I was like, oh, I'll take George Pickens. I would have liked him both, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you would have. I'm glad, <laughs> glad I could snipe you from six picks away. It's awesome. Nice. Love it. Thanks for the input on those and the rankings. As always, uh, final thoughts before we get out of here. Final thoughts. Um, what do mermaids wear seashells? I don't know. They grew out of their bee shells. <laughs> Stop. Uh, that's Ooh. a good, that's a good hand, hand on stomach chuckle. I want to give you a shout out. Um, it was so cool. I was listening to one of your taco corp, but we haven't recorded in a while. I forgot to mention this. Um, I was listening to your taco corp episode and like you guys did like rants and raves and you get to rant about somebody mm-hmm. and you're like, started talking so well about your friend whose name was Matt. And I was like, Fuck yeah. And then like, by the end of it, I realized I wasn't your friend that you were talking nice things about. So that was fun <laughs> that, uh, you know, I don't know. How long have I known you? Long time. Picked you up from the airport when you flew in from, yeah. from service a couple of times, took you home to your family. Or you know, 15, 16. Yeah. Long time. Long time. So I was like, man, Tony never says nice things about anybody. Definitely not me. And he's saying all these nice things about Matt. And I was like, oh, Kendall, Matt, Kendall. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that's right. They're both in Champions League together. I'm not in Champions League together. I don't deserve the shout out. I'm sure Matt's a great guy. It just kind of hurt my heart a little bit. <laughs> kind of hurt. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's like we've been married for so long. I don't need to say I love you every day, right? Matt, Kendall is like the mistress, right? I got I to gotta remind him. It's weird that you're cheating on me with a guy who's bald, but it's fine. He is in better shape than I am, so I'll give him that. <laughs> What he lacks on top, he makes up for elsewhere. I'll just leave it at that. Woo. All right. We're continuing our player ranking series, so stay tuned for that as we move on to the running back position for Matt. For the child development and tobacco integration <laughs> departments here at 50 OS King, we thank you for your patronage. Thank you. Love you. Bye. It's it is is nine eight eight you you threw up a nine for sure no it's, it's just a long finger <laughs> your middle finger's so long this is nine yep. no your middle finger why why are your fingers so long okay. I'm holding up eight fingers and congratulations Charlotte <laughs> Jesus Christ those are some those are some deep digits bro holy hell so we're recording this late guys on a on a Wednesday Thursday oh, night God. anyway. <laughs>